you, you can sit like in a, in, a, in, a, in a meeting uh, discussing a case. You can sit and be frustrated that we haven't, it, like the end, the end goal is not something that we reach tomorrow. Right. Um, and, and we like set the bar higher and higher, I think, um, as we go. But at the same time as you're frustrated about how difficult it is to combine those things, at the same time you just, sometimes you can like cry of joy because when we make it work, it's yeah. just, you, you think to yourself, this is so wild. Yeah. Kim, thank you so much for being here with us. It's great to meet you. Thank you for having me. Excited. All right, so let's let's just start a conversation. Tell us a little bit about about you, who you are, and what do you do. So uh, I'm uh, I'm the husband uh, of uh, an ever embracing wife. Uh, I'm the dad of two uh, kids, Eric and Paul, and four and six. And uh, besides that, I also find uh, great uh, excitement in uh, working at Art Capital. Okay, and. I think we should just address the the elephant in the room. Art Capital, what a meteoric rise. We saw recently that uh, you managed to uh, to raise 163 million, 165 was it? Yeah, it's 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 quite a hitting, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, first of all, it, it, kudos to 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 the founder team at Art Capital, uh, Henrik, uh, Axel and Oliver. Uh, it's such a great job from from their side uh, executing on on this also, I gotta mention, it, it is a good heading. Um, it's quite a significant amount of debt as well in, in that rise, mm -hmm. even though the equity part of it is, is quite big as well. But obviously, we need a lot of uh, cash to, to operate a loan business. Right, and also in, in a very short span, right? Because uh, I understand that ARC Capital was founded just a few months ago. Oh yeah, so uh, the company was founded like mid-21, uh, but launched uh, four or five months ago in Sweden and, and in, in Denmark, uh, January 1st. Uh, so we've been operating like for four or five months. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, um, so tell us a little bit about ARC. What's its core value proposition? What, what, do, what do you guys do? Yeah, so we are um, an intersection between a loan business and a data business. Um, so at first sight, you would see a loan business where we provide loans for um, high growth tech companies, uh, startups. Um, together with that, we, uh, we also provide data analysis and it's data analysis that we also use for our loan assessment. So, so the key thing is that we approach the companies in a way that we believe no one else has done before. Uh, we plug in uh, to the raw data, uh, collect the raw data and use that in our analysis, our assessment. And those analysis, we also uh, give back to the companies in a, in a dashboard. Uh, so they have access to that 24 seven and have this transparency and see the same. So normally as a lender, you would ask for, uh, for a pitch stake and business plan and, and the whole financial model. Uh, we do that as well. Um, uh, uh, and, and on top of that, we, we collect data from the CRM systems. We, we would like to see how the customers, uh, how they acquire customers, how the customers behave, engage, and, and how their marketing spend look like. Um, collecting all that, wrapping it together and doing analysis uh, on that, that provides like another picture for us to be, have comfort in, in, in making long-term loans, uh, which is what we, we do. 
Right, and, and tell us a little bit about AIM. Is that how you how yeah. you call it? Tell us about AIM. AIM. Yeah. So AIM, yeah, it stands for Arc Intelligence Machine. Um, so so uh, AIM provides uh, collects all the data and provides the analysis uh, that helps us assess uh, the companies and do you could say also the risk uh, the credit scoring. Mm -hmm. um, and AIM, you could say AIM is the part of our loan business that no one else has done before and no other lender has done before. But also besides that, it makes us um, capable of, of doing long-term loans as uh, I believe only few have done before. The two main things in our value offering is the long-term loans together with uh, it being a product as you know it actually from the bank. We are not a bank, but it's a product uh, where you only pay interest and, and fees. You do not pay any uh, equity kickers, uh, no warrants, no uh, mm -hmm. exit fees whatsoever. So it's a, a pure loan product, pure 100% non-dilutive. Uh, when we say non-dilutive, we mean non-dilutive. And the aim part of it, the uh, data collecting uh, and analysis part of it, that makes us able to do that. Right. Does it make sense? Yeah, I think, I think it does. So I guess if you're if you're a founder of a startup, you have various different ways of, of raising money. You can you can raise through equity, uh, you can raise through debt. Now, why would a what would a founder choose debt over equity? What are, what are the advantages mm -hmm. of choosing a debt funding yeah, model? Yeah. Obvious answer would be that well, it it um, it extends your runway uh, until uh, next equity round. Um, it uh, provides. Uh, it leverages a higher valuation, so 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 existing owners uh, would uh, feel less diluted. Um, but you can say, besides those obvious uh, reasons, there is also the thing about um, uh, one thing could be that that often when you have this funding journey, uh, you have different investors around the table uh, with different interests, some with deeper pockets than other. Um, Alone, you could say, is uh, to some distinct, it's it's like the founders and the early investors uh, ticket to, to the party. Uh, because quite often we would see the early investors and the founders not having uh, the power to follow on in, in, in future rounds, mm -hmm. uh, equity funding rounds. Um, so having the loan fund, the debt funding as an instrument, um, it, it protects their uh, stake in the company, obviously. If you look at it very high level, uh, you would have um, this typical venture capital funding journey. A company uh, gets, gets fun, uh, uh, founded, um, it accelerates, uh, it, its growth rates are 100, 200% a year. Um, investors, VCs uh, flocking to that company to fund it. On the other side, you have companies, obviously a lot more mature, but growing at, at much lower growth rates um, may be capable of, of obtaining debt uh, through the bank. But the intersection between or the middle in between those two different scenarios um, can sometimes be hard actually to find funding for. So mm -hmm. it would be like a company growing 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% a year. Um, a VC, a venture capitalist would might have a hard time seeing a 10x over the next five years. Mm -hmm. um, the company can't uh, go to the bank because it's the company is still 
growing and investing in growth, uh, so, so burning cash the next year and, 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 and maybe further out. Um, so, so a bank wouldn't be, be, be able within the model they, uh, they are operating to do loans for a company like that. So who should fund them? Right. ARK. So that's where this whole idea of, of long-term debt funding comes in, right? It's something that the banks wouldn't even be able to offer in the first place. I have a background from, from banking as well. Uh, I've been with, with a large bank for, for quite some years uh, before joining uh, Danish Vextfonden mm -hmm. and then joining ARK just the start of the year. So uh, each time a bank um, pay out a loan, um, they have to put aside uh, capital to, to like, uh, secure that loan. Right. The higher risk they assess, the more capital. And the risk they assess is based on like traditional metrics like solvency ratio, like EBITDA ratio, um, uh, that you generate a lot of cash in your business to pay back the loan, generate sufficient cash at the time of the, when the loan is being paid out. Yes. Uh, mm. What we look at is companies that, that generate cash far out, down the road, Right. So we would have to look at other data, at other metrics than what a bank normally looks at. That's why the exact same company could have a much higher risk score uh, in a bank compared to, 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 to what when we assess it, because it's other, other data we look at to, to assess the risk. All right, so tell me a bit about the criteria that you take into consideration to assess whether a startup is credit worthy in ARC's uh, perspective. Yeah, so, so you could say the most important thing is that we have we have a case where we burn cash uh, now and, and and the coming year or two maybe uh, we do that in order to invest in in growth we see it makes sense to do these investments and if we didn't do these investments and like maybe only grew uh, what I know five or ten or twenty percent a year instead of the fifty percent we, we set out in our base case scenario mm -hmm. quite fast we would turn our uh, cash flow uh, into to, to positive we would reach cash flow break even. And that's, that's like the main thing in this. We try to find comfort in that the company will reach uh, cash flow break even uh, before they have to start paying back the loan. Um, and in order to do that assessment, and it's here, here we have the aim and the whole uh, data thing uh, providing us that, uh, that info. Uh, so besides having the base case financial model from the company that you would always ask for as a lender or, as an investor, mm -hmm. uh, we have this this uh, data from AIM that supports all the assumptions in the base case, right. and we would be able to also, in, in some cases, we can dive into elements in the financial model, question them, or saying, well, this could look different or better or worse or, or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, using those uh, analysis from from AIM. Okay, and when when you deal with founders. Are there any specific skills that you look for in a founder or in the founding team that, that you then feed into AIM to be able to make a, a more precise assessment? Yeah, that, that would be awesome if we, we <laughs> could do that as well. And maybe down the road, that's, that's also possible. Uh, at this point, it's, it's purely like the hard data collected from the different services they use. So the, you could say the whole human or people part of assessing uh, a company and, and the potential in a company, that's, that's still uh, for us frontline people uh, to do those, those assessments. And I guess that's 
that's something you you learn um, through many years uh, having met hundreds and hundreds of companies and founders and seeing them evolve some crash uh, some succeed obviously there are things when you meet a person and assess a founder or a founder team uh, there are things that you assess very positive instantly and then there could be things where you say well do we have the complete founder team here or what do we need more and then you would have a discussion with with the founders around that we meet a founder team where we say well do we need something here uh, some skill or whatever uh, often they would be aware of that already uh, mm. and be ready to have that gap filled uh, down the road and that's what matters right then very often we speak to a lot of founders and we've been able to pick up certain traits maybe personality traits about how they they approach risk how they approach uh, it's, a, it's more of a mindset thing, you know, that they, they that their persistence. Have, yeah. have there been any personality traits that you've picked up from all the, the founders that you've met that are more indicative of a potential success? Yeah, yeah, good question. Sometimes you meet this person, this founder that just blows you away. And you know, within 30 seconds, you know, this is a founder that is able to take it all the way. Right. Uh, and what is it that makes you think that? One thing is that obviously you've done your research <laughs> prior to meeting the person. If the person has uh, had uh, companies ventures uh, prior to the one we, we look at now, uh, that's always a good thing. Uh, if, it's, if it was done with success, very good. It could be very good also if it wasn't successful, uh, mm -hmm. if you gained experiences that you can bring, bring along in future uh, adventures um, but but it's it's proven that when you've tried it before you have uh, larger probability of success of doing uh, trying to do build a company from scratch again right um, and then the other thing you know when you meet these persons that they have like this huge charisma they're just so skilled so solid and at the same time they're just um, like humble or, or very assertive in, in the way they, they communicate, communicate with, with everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, they are the ones that builds the culture in the company and at the same time, very s strong in, 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 in um, like business development and, and building a company. Uh, then you have the complete person to, to be able to build a successful company. And let me just ask on the back of that, because very often we hear that some investors are unwilling to invest on someone that has not failed before. Mm. Is is that experience with failure something that also you could you, you would consider as as a as a key experience from founders? I would say investors, especially the the early stage investors, look more to to the team and to the persons involved mm -hmm. than a lender, as as we do. Uh, obviously, the the persons and the team, it's very important, but we have a larger balance towards the numbers mm -hmm. and, and the thing we can measure, like a more generic approach. All right, um, now I, I wanted to ask, because you are a, a startup yourself. Um, does the fact that you're in this startup journey also give you a better understanding of what other startups might be going through when you make a decision whether uh, they're, they're good candidates for, uh, for, for debt funding? I would believe so. Uh, we, we, we feel the same challenges, the same pains uh, in our own body uh, all the way through. Um, uh, so, so, so I guess being on the same journey ourselves uh, provides us a perspective that 
that's that's some others do not have. Mm. Um, sometimes it can be easier to relate to uh, what's going on in in, in the daily life uh, in, in a startup and and what challenges they meet. Uh, uh, one thing could, for example, be the whole funding part, how to raise mm. equity. Uh, we've we've we are on that that journey ourselves, doing uh, uh, the mistakes and and also succeeding. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so so I guess trying it out uh, yourself uh, as you go uh, provides you an up to date picture of of the daily life of what the daily life is like in a, in a startup uh, for sure. Right now, uh, you you fund mo mostly tech startups. Yeah. Right. Um, are you able to, to pick up any trends from fintech startups that are seeking out for funding in terms of the, the type of innovations that they bring into market or the concepts that are are starting to that you hear more and more often when, when they approach you? Yeah. So yeah, obviously we meet startups uh, across a broad range of industries. Mm -hmm. um, also some some fintechs um, what I've come across several times now is is um, like the whole embedded uh, thing in, in different shapes uh, both both in finance but but also in in insure tech and I guess it goes under the heading fintech as well yeah. but I think it, it's all about how tech enables us to to talk together very smoothly across different platform systems uh, systems and people so the whole uh, thing about building a, a tech stack from scratch, you're able to do that very, very fast today. Mm -hmm. uh, doing it modular with APIs brings you in a position where you can, in a very short period of time, build something that provides huge value to very big uh, corporate companies out there who might have a harder time doing that, that innovation themselves in the company. So, so that's I guess that's one thing I see that within fintech we have some companies uh, very innovative uh, doing like niche or like very narrow product development for uh, larger financial institu institutions uh, and and the whole uh, API thing enables uh, companies to do that. Right. Yeah, we, we hear embedded finance basically everywhere we turn to these days. So I think yeah. there is definitely something boiling in the market and there's a lot of expectation from from that type of, uh, of innovation so we're also very very excited to see what what it will deliver yeah yeah um let me just ask you one last question um what can we expect from arc in the next two to three years uh, we launched in in sweden uh five months ago launched in denmark three months ago the plan is to to roll out across europe in the coming uh, coming years uh, we haven't decided exactly how and when, but I would believe that we will be in, in one more country within the next year or so. Right now, focus is on doing a lot of uh, loans in Sweden and Denmark and helping uh, with data analysis uh, for those companies and help companies that might have had a hard time uh, raising equity or debt before, help them in their growth journey. Right. Well, Kim, that's an amazing innovation in debt funding and uh, we're very excited to see what, what comes next for, for you guys. And thanks very much for being with us. Thank you very much.